Welcome everyone to the Mindshift Podcast. This is Paul Elliott from Mindshift Experiences, neurolinguistic programmer, hypnotherapist, firewalk empowerment instructor, motivational speaker, mindfulness sports coach, and general all-round positive thinker. I hope you enjoy. Today I'm joined by none other than Chris Muller. Chris, how are you doing? Oh good. Nice day. Nice day for me, mate. Thanks for thank having you. Me on. Ah, no worries at all. No, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, for coming on and speaking to us today. So I do appreciate that. So, Chris, I start the podcast every time um, by going back to the start and finding out where are you from? Uh, originally, I live in now, but I'm uh, I'm born and bred in Port Glasgow. So right. That's where that's where it all started for me. Uh, I'm from a family of five boys. So, oh my goodness, that must have been crazy for your mum. <laughs> I bet you gave her some. Were you the worst out of them all? Or? <laughs> <laughs> we, were all, we were all pretty good. I'll be honest, I can't really clearly say we were bad, but they're good boys. You know, they're all. Aye. They all went um, done all right. We a few teachers in there, was an actor, yeah. there was, was the dumb footballer in me. But uh, no, it was, yeah. it, was a, it was a good place growing up. Uh, you know, Aye. it's. Uh, didn't this way, it gets a bit of hard rap sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's. It makes you aware, you know, when you're streetwise and stuff as well. And my mum and dad were yeah. always big on education as well, so something that was important to me as well. I do well. Get drilled into you from an early age. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. And being in five boys, you can imagine it was. Uh, it could be a bit boisterous at times in a house, and it's only when you have your own kids that you realise how Aye. challenging that can be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've got two daughters myself, so <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from there. I it's, know. Uh, it's challenging, isn't it? It's challenging, yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. So you did you go to so it's Port Glasgow you grew up in of course you went to to school in Port Glasgow and secondary school is that right? Uh, uh, well, this is Stevens High School. Uh, right. And that's where that's been knocked down. That's all, that's there's the one big campus there, but that's kind of mm-hmm. where it all kind of started for me in regards to, to football and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I'd play with my brothers in the house, and and uh, I think from an early age it was mm-hmm. I was noticed that I, could, I was I was no bad so. Yeah. You know, I always went and played with my brothers, with their pals, and uh, yeah. it was just something that, that I kind of honed from there. Was it Was it like back in the day, um, 20 aside <laughs> on a gravel park? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was an old gravel park. Was it? We used to play on there, the old red players with the old they, basketball. They, aye, they, they parts were mad, weren't they? There's none of them left, I don't think, and thank no, goodness no. for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. Aye, I'm surprised, exactly. Surprised you've got any skin left in your body after playing in the <laughs> parks all the years. Oh, that's aye, I, 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 especially with the old um, when it came to this time of the year, they, it started to get solid, mm-hmm. and oh, uh, somebody somebody'd fire a ball in it. <laughs> you know, that was a, uh, <clears throat> it was a, uh, it was it was different days then growing up. That's for sure, certainly definitely, when you were definitely. And one of the were, things, you, one yeah. of the things I think it was like. We were always out playing football, and, and that's something that you mm-hmm. maybe don't see as much nowadays. It's a lot more boys are taking it at a young age and, and coached from like, even like six years old. Do you know what I mean? But back yeah. then it was, it was you, you went and played with your mates, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and you were out every day playing. Like as soon as you came to school, out playing in the street, playing in the grass, uh, and, mm. and that, that's basically where you kind of honed your skills. Basically, aye, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm just. Uh, Taking you back to you know when when it was it was apparent that you had a, a gift to play football mm-hmm. um, and was it was it did you play for your local team then Chris and and did someone come and scout you at, at the team? 
Sorry, sorry, Bruce, I apologize. Sorry, Mr. No, no problem. No problem. Did uh, someone come and scout you at the team, your local team that you played for at that time? How did you get picked up? Well, it was funny. It was, I was just playing the local boys' club, and uh, yeah, it was, it was my, my dad at the time. He he, he was mm-hmm. he always really encouraged. He was probably my biggest influence and really encouraged me. And I think at the time he mm-hmm. was looking to contact a few clubs and stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. a few people came to watch. And the first club mm-hmm. was was Morton, my local club, club that I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah, I was interested yeah. with them from maybe I was about 11, 12. So I'd be playing mm-hmm. my own boys' club, been training a couple of nights and play a couple of games. And and then uh, the first club that showed any interest was Dundee United. So I went up training with them uh, on the summer holidays. Oh. I'd went to the What age were you then, Chris? What age were you? 13, 12, 13, something like that. Jeez, oh. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was Celtic, was involved, came in as well. I started the train, but mm-hmm. then I was training with Celtic Rangers at the same time. At the same time at one point but uh, yeah. the way it worked at Celtic you know, that, that must have been confusing for you <laughs> especially in this part of the world <laughs> you're like what are they one of those things you know what I mean and the way I was, yeah. in my household we weren't allowed Celtic or Rangers strips it was a case of mm-hmm. like, yeah. we just play football and and just enjoying it so yeah. we went along I think my dad had more affiliation with those Rangers my mum was more more a, more a Celtic fan but it was a case of mm-hmm. you know like, whoever showed interest and in, in what was best for my development but uh Exactly. At that point, it was a pro youth team. It was just starting up, and at fourteen, mm-hmm. I got asked to go and, and play with them, and that was that. It was that was the end of boys' club football for me, and I moved into their kind mm-hmm. of development side, and we'd be training Monday, Wednesday, Friday games and Sunday, uh, yeah. and then I was involved with like, uh, a district team and and different. So yeah. like, every single day there was there was football on, on the calendar, mm-hmm. and it's a big yeah. sacrifice yeah. for for the family because it's that's not only it's not just a case of. Uh, young boys go and play. It's exactly. a big commitment for the family as well. And it's an upheaval, isn't it? Especially totally. if you've got four brothers. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a case of right. Everybody, Chris has got a game. Everybody in the car, and you're all piled in. It becomes <laughs> like a family kind of event, and and, and obviously, exactly. Parents have to devote a wee bit more time and attention at times to obviously try and make it try to learn that allow the boy to, to kind of hone that skill. So it's a definitely a sacrifice, yeah. and it's something that that. That, uh, it wasn't wasted on me and you know at times there's yeah. a wee joke to family that I, like, I was a favourite but it was just because I had a talent and my mum and dad wanted to give me that kind of mm-hmm. best chance to, to fulfil it Absolutely and and was it Celtic then your your first club that you went to or professional club of course mm-hmm. that you went to um, to to develop your skills even further Nah definitely so I was all the way through high school there and uh, mm-hmm. I stayed on did my fifth year and, and got my hires because it was a it was a chance maybe getting at the end of a fourth year after the standard grades, but mum and dad were always like, get your education behind you, it's, it's a short, it can be a short career, and that's something that was drilled mm-hmm. into me at an early age, and so I stayed on, done my fifth year, and then uh, Good. I get the, get the message, like, obviously with a meeting, and uh, there was five years that mm-hmm. had left, I hadn't like, kind of went full time, and uh, like, the five mm-hmm. that were left, there was two years that, that kept on, and I was one of them, so... Yeah, that's an that's an outstanding achievement though at that age. I mean, what age were you then? Getting kept on with Celtic. Seventeen. Celtic. Seventeen. That was about seventeen. Outstanding just, achievement. Ah, you know, it's 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 a good achievement, but it's the first in a long ladder. Do you know what I mean? You're going full time. Yeah, yeah. It's that's it. I mean, it's just that's the very first time. You know, you're you're like, hold on, now this this um, dream of mine here could become a reality. Definitely. And, and you know, because there's so many boys, Chris, that, and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that that tried to put so much effort into being a professional footballer. 
never worked out. <laughs> and you must know so many, so many people out there that have that have tried and unfortunately not made the grade as they call it. No matter what level, and that's what I always say, it's to, to actually go and play at a professional level, whether it be third division through the Premier League. Yeah. The percentage of boys coming through that actually go and do that mm-hmm. is minimal. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's something that, that that is very difficult and. You see it sometimes with, with, with kids and there's a lot of pressure that, that they have to deal with yeah. from their age, like Absolutely. rejection and, and falling at the last third. And it's, it's having mm-hmm. that, I think, that, that mindset and that good stable background support network yeah. that's, that's going to put you through because it is, it's mm-hmm. difficult and there's disappointments along the way, but it's, it's how you handle it. But at that point in Absolutely. time, it was obviously a, a brilliant a brilliant team for you, a brilliant, a brilliant time. I was going full time oh. at one of the biggest clubs in, in the country. Yeah. And as you as you know, I've been following you a while, and and you're a sensible guy. You know, you've got a a, a, a good head on your shoulders, um, Chris. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was where that must be required at that point in time in your life, because <clears throat> you know it's like keep me your feet in the ground, Definitely. especially when you know when you know, it's like you know it can go to your head, and then before you know it, it can you know backfire on you and you're you're left without anything so i mean it's a case of just knuckling in and this is where the hard work starts for you i was just about to say that it's and that's when i was my, i always remember my dad he says brilliant delighted yeah. for you and, and everybody was and you got so many messages obviously mm-hmm. you're, you grow up with friends and we are Celtic supporters yeah. and, and, and you're going to the to be part of their kind of oh, obviously you're not in the first team but you're not you're, you're, you're hopefully working towards that and my dad always yeah, says, yeah. this is where the hard work starts. You've done well up to this point, Absolutely. that's all it is. And, and who would you point to that gave you your um, your initial your contract so, when you were 17 at Celtic? Who brought you on board? So at that point, it was uh, Willie McStay was, was the manager, but it's a, it's a decision that's made, obviously, mm-hmm. through conversations with, with, with the youth team managers at that time. Uh, yeah. uh, Guy Tam, I knew he was taking their team at the time, mm-hmm. so... It, it, it just, just comes to that, and, and, and they, they they make the decisions, and then you're passed on. Mm-hmm. To, to, at that time, it was Willie next day was, and yeah. uh, Chris McCart was the uh, mm-hmm. the youth team managers. Then, so it was, it's a kind of culmination of your youth manager, and, and obviously getting to the the next level. Absolutely, and I think as well, you know, no matter what business you're in, and certainly for the people listening just now, you know, the people that give you your opportunity. Um, to 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 make something of yourself, um, I suppose you know you'll hold the likes of Willie McStay pretty high in your in your um, in your thoughts. You know, totally. is that is that what, yeah you I'll, something you'd never forget. I, along along the way, there's so many people. It's not just it's not just you. It's it's like obviously your teammates who you played with growing up, and then there's like yeah. the, the scout who scouted me, a guy called Kenny Devils, who's a, who's a teacher who was in Paisley. He used to pick us up and, and I'd meet him off the yeah. uh, train at Paisley. He'd drive us up to. The Celtic Park was coming through, and just conversations with him mm-hmm. throughout uh, all your youth coaches. Yeah. Through it. You, you, my family, you know, my dad is probably one of the biggest influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously each level and each stage. Like, well, he was great for me uh, when I went in there. Mm-hmm. My first year in, you know, you'd, mm-hmm. I was I could I was still as we play under 17s, but it was very under 18s. And I went in right away, and I was playing. Uh, there was injuries, and I, I, I went right in the team. I was playing. I was playing well, but uh, there was a point mm-hmm. that I wasn't playing. I picked up an injury. Uh, in fact, it was. Ibrox we went to play Rangers and uh, I remember mm-hmm. I'd played like eight games before it and the, and the older more experienced players came back and uh, I got dropped to the bench yeah. for that game and I was bitterly disappointed do you know what I mean uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I felt I'd done well I've seen but he says this, look sometimes it's, this is what happens managers make decisions and you just have to 
accept it and take it in his chin. And, and, that, and that's something yeah. that is, is proof throughout the career. It's, at times, it's maybe not always, you might not feel it's fair, but sometimes maybe it's best for the team at that point. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just understanding sort of the bigger picture, of course. And I suppose, you know, when it's it almost sometimes I would imagine, I, I remember even at a, a low level playing football, it'd be, you'd take it, I'd take it personally. I'd be like, what's this all about? What you dropped me? Don't, what have I done? Definitely. Um, and, it's diff- and, it's a, and I think it's a total skill that you've got, um, Chris, to, to put that hope, well, as much as you can to the one side and know that, you know, I'm going to show this guy well, that, and I'm going to get better. Well, that's exactly it. I think that in any, any, well, any job, it's going to be disappointing, but it's how you how you manage mm-hmm. that and how you use it. I've always tried to use it as to fuel myself and say, well, yeah. actually, decision, well, I'm going to work even harder and I'm going to try and mm-hmm. and use that to fuel me to work harder at training ground, work harder, yeah. or, do you know what I mean? Rather than use it as a negative yeah. and, and, and put it in yourself and, and, and spit a dummy out and yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of idea. Yeah, and it's so easy to do that, isn't it? And what you've what you've touched on there is what I think is really, really important, not just for football, but for life in general. Attitude mm-hmm. is absolutely key, you know, and making sure that you keep keep, you know, trying to look for the positives as you're saying there, you know, trying to keep on pushing yourself forward and mm-hmm. prove the doubters wrong. And in football, I'd imagine that's something that you're doing on a weekly daily basis, you know. Definitely. I think it like, Failures are a thing that people I think are scared of, but I, I, mm-hmm. it's it's but it's lessons, isn't it? Like you can learn from these defeats. Yeah. Sometimes, like if you if you say, say you lose absolutely, a game, you lose a game. It's like mm-hmm. how did how did that happen? Analyze it, reflect. Right, we're going to do this a bit better or, or vice mm-hmm. whatever. So I think there's there's a bit of that that it's like yeah, you want to be successful, you want to win games all the time or or whatever it may be. But sometimes that the knocks can be the making of you that are going to propel you on to the next level so there's lessons in everything I think Absolutely and just and just listening to what you're saying I'm, I'm very very passionate about mindset of course as you as you well know um, and just the, the language that you're using is is key you know in order for you to get the very best version of yourself or whatever it is you're looking for um, to push forward to in future life you know mm-hmm. and having having those those tools in your armour is key to make sure that no matter what, you know, nothing is going to be easy in our life, of course, we know that. We're going to be punched in the face. <laughs> but it's how you come back for that, of course, isn't it? Definitely. I don't mean we are boxing glove on, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on some managers you've uh, been coached by, I, I guess that would have probably been the case back then, but I, and <laughs> I could imagine. But, you know, I, I, I often say, um, certainly um, when, when dealing with a lot of young guys is that you know you don't win anything in life by winning all the or sorry you don't learn anything in life by just continually winning all the time it's it's failing and learning from the failures and moving on from them and that's exactly what you've just described there. No, definitely definitely and it's mm-hmm. it's one of the things that it's going to happen at some point you're going to take a knock and uh, it's, as you say it's how you, how you're how you how you're prepared to Obviously, but, but you hurt, right? I don't, don't get me wrong. It's so something happens, right? Yeah. You hurt, of course you do. Like especially mm-hmm. in football, week to week, it's like it's such an emo- emotional roller coaster. Like one week you could win in a game five nothing, next week you can get scudded five nothing, and it's it's at mm-hmm. times it can be it's devastating. You know what I mean? Rock it can and mm-hmm. as it can rock your world. You, your confidence can take a, a beating, but yeah, allow yourself that time. Obviously, right to feel a wee bit sorry for yourself, but the next it was always the next day, like. Saturday night after mm-hmm. you're disappointed Sunday 
you talk it over with your family or friends, whatever it may be, and then one day you go, right, okay, we're back to training ground, let's get to work, let, 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 let's make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, as best as you can, totally. absolutely. And and how long were you at Celtic for then? Celtic, well, I, I'd signed a two-year deal, so that, that took me to, mm-hmm. I was 18, uh, and yeah. I was never, like, I wasn't like one of the, I wasn't quoted, I'd worked hard to get to, to that level and, and get that, and I was delighted, yeah. so... But my 18th year, year, year my final year of my contract, I, I had a, a great season, a really good season, and uh, I got offered another two-year deal. So signed that two-year deal, so I had another two years. Mm-hmm. That took me up to like kind of 19, 20. Uh, but I'd went, so yeah. I was up to reserve level after that, and that was under Kenny McDowell. Uh, and mm-hmm. at that time, I mean, there was a lot of, to put it in perspective, but that team was like the, the team that got to the... UEFA Cup final in Seville against Jose Mourinho's Porto mm-hmm. so try to break into the Celtics yeah. first team was difficult there was a lot of boys coming yeah. down they playing reserves from my first team so at that point you're training every week and that must have been yeah that must have been some experience for you though you know picking up that experience at that age um, and mixing with these types of guys you know it's only going to improve of you of course it is of course and, and, and it, it can be intimidating as well. Do you know what I mean? the day you look up to these guys, and it's uh, it's a mm. tough environment at times. So that, uh, you know, like I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was, I'm not quiet, but at the same time, I was a wee bit. You're a wee bit intimidated by obviously the stature of these guys, and uh, and they're coming down. Yeah. But uh, it's great to learn. But at the same time, you want to play. You want to get game time. And yeah. uh, for our reserves match, there was like first team players and boys who are a wee bit older, and you get yeah. more game time. And and I just felt that my development as a player was stumbling and I was actually starting to lose yeah. a bit not lose interest but I probably mm-hmm. wasn't applying myself as well as I could at the weekends right yeah. so like, if we didn't mm-hmm. have a game I was maybe going out more than what I should have been and that's something that mm-hmm. I look back on I have a wee bit of regret on but mm-hmm. at that so it came to Christmas but, yeah. and I remember I was getting told I could I just signed a new deal in the summer and then by Christmas I told I could mm-hmm. go and, and, and I could leave they were going to pay me up so do you know what I mean it mm-hmm. kind of rocked us a wee bit Mm. But uh, it would have done. It did, you know. It did. There's no getting away from it. Mm. Uh, looking back at the, at myself at that point, I was like, you know, it was probably the best thing that happened to me because it just it mm-hmm. switched my focus back again in terms of. I remember coming home to tell my mum that I was uh, they'd offered to pay me up. My mum was crying. She was upset. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't. I'll be honest. I wasn't because I was like, I need to go play because I need to. I need to develop. I'm, I feel that. I could have stayed, right? I don't know, you know, half left my contract, but I didn't want to be somewhere mm-hmm. where I was working. I felt I was training well, working hard, and it was affecting me in yeah. terms of my mind was like, hey, what's the point? Like, it, it was starting to get, what's mm-hmm. the point of doing this? You're putting yeah. this work in, you're not getting any, you're not getting any game time. So That's right, you're just putting a mask on, aren't yeah, you? Totally. And internally, you're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think this, this really speaks volumes for the type of person that you are, Chris. You know, you're you're the sort of guy that's you know he's he's had that knock, and I, I dare say there's a lot of people, even at that particular age, that took that knock and you know and and didn't bounce back for it, because that must have been a that must have rocked your world, um, to be told look we're going to pay you up, and you think to yourself right okay you're going to pay me up, right, what's next for what's next for Aye, me? No, what what am I going to do yeah. about this? Because nobody's going to come and put food on my table. I'm going to have to you know. You know, so to speak, I'm going to have to pull my socks up and 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 go and find another club. Definitely, no, no, it's, I, it, when you're at Celtic, you're in your thoughts a position where you're well looked after, right? And you're yeah. everything's there for you. You don't need to turn up. You'd get nice training stuff, the kits all there, the yeah. nice pitches. There's 
the, the way you look the sports science, everything, you know, all the things that you could you think of being a professional. Well looked after. Well looked after. Uh, and it's a, you're in a comfort zone, right? And mm-hmm. that's the problem with a lot of players at that age. They're in a comfort zone yeah. at these big clubs, and they don't. It's not real football. They're not learning the game properly. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The, the actual yeah. experience and what it actually means to go and have to get three points, have to win games, but the, yeah. that actual demand at, at times. And that's yeah. something that I didn't want. And I, I saw it, those players that I, mm-hmm. I played with that stayed there a bit longer in that comfort mm-hmm. zone and never get the first team then they're 22, 23 leaving without even playing a first team game do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I, was like, I, I don't yeah. want that for me so I took up, I took it up uh, my mum was a bit worried my mindset was I'm good enough to play at another club yeah. so that's what was driving me forward I've always had that kind of self-belief mm-hmm. so I left mm-hmm. uh, took my pay up and I went to train with Clyde and they mm-hmm. they didn't have any money off my contract and then I came back to Morton, uh, mm-hmm. and I was training here, and I, I played one game against, it was a friendly, uh, against St Mung, and they offered my contract, my short-term contract, on, what well, it was mm-hmm. pennies, you know what I mean, it was like, money was yeah. terrible, but it wasn't about for me, it was about mm-hmm. going and playing, and, and establishing myself in the game, and, uh, yeah, further developing yourself, isn't and it? that's what everybody, even my coaches, like yeah. Kenny McDowell, who's the manager, at that, that mm-hmm. time, I met him years later, and, uh, when the uh, PFA does and, and he cuts he says I, I says, I'm so proud of you what you did because you went and mm-hmm. you've made a career for yourself and I was mm-hmm. like fair play do you know what I mean and it's great it's great do you know it's great it's great mm-hmm. being saying, able to say oh, I played with Celtic I'm at Celtic uh, but you're mm-hmm. not you're, you're, yeah. you're a reserve team player you're, you're not as I said yeah. you're on you start a ladder and mm-hmm. and the best thing I did the best thing that happened to me at the time at that point was was, was leaving Mm-hmm. And I think as well, um, just what you're saying about Kenny there, giving you that recognition and saying, you know, that what that was really nice to hear. Oh, it was great because, see, at the point, I hated him. But I wouldn't lie, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy isn't giving me a yeah. track of whip here. And, I, and but it's, that's from a selfish viewpoint, right? Because obviously you just, mm-hmm. you're caring about yourself, but he sees it differently. And, and that's one of the things you've, I've, I've learned to, to cope with, that not everybody's going to agree with how you see things, like, Managers mm-hmm. are going to do things that they think is best for the team, best for our players. They might see somebody's better than you. But the fact that he came and spoke mm-hmm. to me after, like years later, I seen him, and I was a bit more experienced and a bit more mature, yeah. it was so nice for him to come saying, I really appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. And I think as well, see, when you're you're talking about you know being objective, when it's you in the middle, when you're in the middle of this, and to be objective is a difficult oh, thing to do. You take it personally. Uh, when it's you. When it's totally. you, exactly. It's your life, you know. This is something you've worked for, for a wee boy, <laughs> to where you are at Celtic, and then it's a case of on you go, off you pop. I know. Um, and it's good that you can see it that way. Um, and of course, through using that powerful mindset that you've got, you you've made a career out of football. You you've done amazingly well. Um, and we'll get on to some of that a wee bit later on. So, where did you go from after that then, and where did it really kick off for you? Where can you point to that you thought, hold on now, I'm really getting somewhere well, here? Well, I went back to, I signed for Morton for that, it was a, it was a short-term contract for Christmas to, yeah. to the summer. Uh, and it was brilliant for me, because at that point, Morton were in the third division, right? So I went from mm. <laughs> one of the best teams, the top, the three, right, to the third division, right? And we're taking our kit home, washing it, there's... 
There's no, there's no dinner, there's yeah. no lunches, there's no breakfast. <laughs> it's a wake-up oh, call, isn't it? Yeah. That must have been a wake-up call. Welcome to the real world. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. That's just how we date here. 100%. <laughs> and it's like a total oh. wake-up call. It's like, you're like, well, yeah. but I loved it because I was playing. Yeah. I was training every week and it came to a Saturday and I was straight on the team. And from that point, yeah. I think I played, from that point, I signed. I played 144 games in a row. So, that's outrageous. You know I mean? How did you manage that? Like, what sort of body have you got? Are well, you, are you a robot? Back then it was all right. I didn't think You could have just done it and done it and done it. Aye, aye absolutely. So, Fantastic. And one of the big things that you, we'd end up winning the league at you. So the last game of the season was against Peterhead and there was like 8,000 8, yeah. people there at the, at the last game in, in Capelo. And, Outstanding. And we managed to win the game 1-0 and I absolutely yeah. loved it to know what I mean the, the celebrations after and being a local boy totally, well, exactly. being a local guy I'd been, My goodness. been local right away people have got affinity with you and, and, and know your story and obviously the yeah. local club the fans want to see local boys playing and doing well so right away they took to me mm-hmm. great and I think we had to yeah. play a game as well I'm not so much now but back then I was like Box to box, lot of energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, ah, it was like great. a like a firework, <laughs> like a lit firework. <laughs> but listen, what we really want to know in the mind shift uh, experience, listeners really want to know what was that party like? Oh, <laughs> what went on at the party I'm after it? That's Was it good? I'm a big advocate. Of it. You work hard, but you enjoy it. You celebrate, yeah. and it was great because just the 19 yeah. won a league, no matter what level, and then. We, we think we're all back to uh, Crawford Race, uh, the chairman of his, uh, his house for a party yeah. around all the supporters clubs and just to see what it meant Fantastic. to the fans and then yeah. we, we get took away to Ibiza for, for three or four days with, with all the boys and the manager. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, Whose idea was that? That, that, was, that was the manager. I take it he was the married at the time. The manager came, John McCormick. Oh, brilliant! He brilliant! I bet. Reliving his youth. Oh no, that's so funny. And and after after getting back, then I take it with you um, there at Green afterwards mm. um, the next season for pre-season, <laughs> um, and then getting back on again with another Definitely. new season that and the 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 league up of you course. Know, we wanted to kick on, and next year was difficult because by Christmas we were yeah well ahead. We were like by Christmas mm-hmm. we were ahead by what fourteen points. I think it was third at the time. And we ended up finishing mm-hmm. fourth. It was a it was a horrible season in mm-hmm. terms of there was yeah. a lot of betting allegations against us saying that we had threw it in. There was like a lot of stuff going about. It was just horrible. Yeah. And, but it's a learning experience as well. It makes you tougher in the head. And mm-hmm. we knew that nothing had happened. No, none of the players had bet against the team to lose or anything. And it was just no. it was just rumours that kind of caught caught fire and yeah. really spread. So. Mm-hmm. So that's something that went into the press. I was in the press and everything. Yes. I remember up there against Erdy, and I was going to get a corner kick, and mm-hmm. there was betting slips raining down it, as it said, but very Erdy fans. My goodness! So, it, but all that mm-hmm. stuff's part and parcel. And looking back now, it, it's funny. It, mm-hmm. it's not actually what happened, but how that whole, like, you know, like for me, it was mm-hmm. just like you're a young kid, you don't even think in. Not it's like this is all part and parcel of football and that that kind of yeah, idea. just aye. And but it, it, that, it was, a, it was, that, was a tough time. that was a tough time. But yeah. Kicking on from there. I think it's what... On you go, sir. Mm-hmm. No, on you go. On you go, sir. Yeah, kicking on from there, I think, like, the next season, mm-hmm. we, the whole Gretna factor came involved. So they, they yeah. came through and, and we finished second in the league. We lost in the playoffs that following season. Uh, mm-hmm. We put Peterhead away and the home tie was nothing each. And I actually gave away a penalty up there. 
and we lost one 0 and we went into the playoffs. So no. that was the first year the playoffs came in. So usually it was automatic promotion. Mm-hmm. So it turned out the next year was the year that we we actually got yeah. to win the second division, and then went up to the the now championship. So you know. And it, and where was where did you get taken to that? Where did you get taken to in holiday that time? Like, the, the boys. <laughs> where did you go up market? It was the boys. Went to oh, yeah. for a few days. Oh, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. But, that's 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 outstanding achievements, isn't it? Though, and I, I've won a league myself at a very low level of football, and my goodness, it's a fantastic feeling. Look, no, ma- but to do it at a professional level, no matter what level it be. To win a league is just it's consistency over the whole course of the season and I say yes. that to, to, to a lot of young players these days it doesn't matter if you win a third division second division first yeah. division whatever it may be to win a league is something that shouldn't be yeah. sniffed at and you can go through your whole career mm-hmm. without winning anything and I was like 23, yeah. 24 24 at that time and I had won mm-hmm. two leagues and I was and I didn't take for granted but I wanted more of it and that's that's something that I was fortunate enough yeah. to do at that point and you, and you think oh this will happen every year but it doesn't it doesn't work out mm-hmm. Aye. you've got to soak it up haven't you and remember those totally. times as much as you can um, even though it was a few years ago oh, and it's yes. something that's going to of course stick in your your memory for the rest of your life and that's an outstanding achievement that's for sure something you touched on um, was um, just taking you back slightly regarding you know the, the betting slips and stuff getting pulled down I want to know a wee bit about Chris here and how you dealt with um crowd abuse now I'm asking the question because I'm well aware at football stadia um, it seems to be acceptable um, to scream abuse at professional Uh players um, and sometimes um, they can go a wee bit too far and not sometimes a lot (laughs) of the times they go a wee bit too far Um, and what was that like for you and and was that something that ever um, got into your psyche or did you like you like you know, brush it off, you mm-hmm. know, or was it was it something that potentially sometimes you'd maybe go home with, or you'd think about? I think I think it's a question, a good question to ask because I, <laughs> it's something I've often thought about, and and how guys like yourself have dealt with that over the no, years. No, it's, it's, it's a great question, and uh, it does sometimes it crosses it across the line. But I'm in the mindset is it if it's in a stadium, right, and you can get yeah. a bit abusive as long as it's not racial or. You know what I mean? It yeah. crosses a line like that, then mm-hmm. I, that's fine. It's yeah. it, for me, it's but, but part even, and parcel, I, right? But even at that, but even at that, I know you're touching on the racist thing here and the, and the racial abuse thing, and I actually agree with you. Um, but it's not acceptable. You're you're a guy at his work, I know. and somebody, you, you know, if I'm on the line and somebody, oh, Elliot, you're fucking that type nah. of thing. It's just not. That's not. Okay, on. Example, um, but we know what happens, if you know. Exactly, go for right. it, mate. This is, this is, this go this for is, it. This is football fans, right? So we are playing Gretna away, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, yeah. my family are sitting the stand, right? There's a guy behind my family. They also don't know it's, it's my missus, yeah. my mum and dad, and whatever. And they're just it's mm-hmm. my own fans, and they're giving me dogs abuse. He's fucking shite, oh. us and that blah blah, right? Mm. So we're playing Gretna, who are like, it's one of the biggest games in, in the league at the time. And I score. Yeah, yeah, it was. I sorry. score, right? And my message, <laughs> I know. You're not saying that now, are you? And, but the fans going mental. And at the same point, there was another guy, and I, I know this boy, right? And he's giving me absolute mm-hmm. pelters. You're fucking shite, This is my own supporters, right? That's so shocking. I scored mm-hmm. another, right? We end up winning the game 2 9. I scored two. But, so I run down, I sprint down the line. I'm like, boys are trying to celebrate. I'm getting off, mate. Brilliant. I'm running right to his face, and I'm like, Brilliant. He's saying there, and the guy's not. The guy's not offended. He's going, yes, come on. He's not. Ah, uh, right? yeah. 
Brilliant. Normal fan, right? He doesn't see it. It's, it's, a, it's venting his frustration. He could be a hard, hard time Aye. at school, work, uh, work, family, whatever mm. it may be. And it's just a frustration that vents, right? And you have to understand mm. that at times it isn't personal, right? And it's hard to say that, right? Mm. And I've been on the end of it. I know it is. But I know it is. I'm not saying that you need to man up or anything like that. Not at all. But you have to be thick-skinned and focus on the things that you can control. Mm. You can't control that, it's that the, guy needs to No, absolutely. You can't control him. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you, you called these guys supporters there. Well, goodness me. Uh, supporters screaming and screaming abuse at you. Uh, you know what? Um, not that we're talking about anybody else here. This is uh, your show, of course. But there's some players out there um, that might not have that mindset that you've got in that strong mentality. You know, and geez, oh, you, these guys, you know, they wonder, I wonder how he's not performing. Well, Maybe if you stop calling him an arsehole every two well, minutes, you, you know. You must be. You see it in, you see it in training. You see, I've, I've played with players who, Do you? in training, they can be worldy. Unbelievable. You think, put them on a pitch. It's a total different, mm. mate. It's a total different. How do you deal with that? They go How totally you insular that? then. How yeah. do you deal with that expectation? How do you deal with that pressure? Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's no and fair. It? It's no fair. No. It isn't. Absolutely and, not. And you can see them shrinking and you can see them in it. They take mm. it home with them, and it's not nice to see. Do you know what I mean? Because these guys are just human beings, right? Mm. Guys who are trying to live out their dreams, trying to play football. Yeah. Uh, just like mm-hmm. just like the guy sitting across the other side of the terrace, who, who's mm-hmm. probably seeing yeah. his players living their dream through through what they're doing. But give them the best yeah. chance, to support yeah. them rather than abuse them. Yeah. And I've watched you playing a few times, uh, and you're, let's just say you're you're pretty vocal in the park, and <laughs> and that's and that's a good quality. I'm always talking about communication, certainly <laughs> in the football parts, very very important. Um, but I mean, you t- you come across as the sort of guy that if that type was type of thing was happening, was having a word in somebody's ear and saying, "Listen, come Definitely. on, you know you've got a ability. It, come on, come on, just push through like this." You, I think it's about how you manage people. It's uh, you get you get Absolutely. people who react brilliantly to that. You're like, hey. What the fuck? Come on, get your fucking finger out, blah. Or yeah, at St Johnston when I was there, we had a team that was a We used to call it. Am I allowed to say this this word? I don't know if I am, but we used to. Call, <laughs> I, of we, course, y'all. Over eighteen's only. We used to call each other cunt, yeah. right? But that got the best yeah. of us because we demanded each other. But mm-hmm. other players, yeah, yeah, who who maybe didn't yeah. respond well. Like it'd be an arm around the shoulder. Mm-hmm. It'd be come on, you know, we can do it. With that. I believe in you yeah. whatever it may be just something else to get them going and, and get them motivated get them believed so it, it's about yeah. it's about how yeah. to manage people how to manage pe- and, and, and yeah absolutely and get the best of them absolutely I do I, Chris you know I'm a neurolinguistic programmer to trade and um, I've, I've spoken to you previously about um, the clubs that I take um, for, for coaching for, and it's it's mainly kids what I do is I, I show the guys um their physiology and how it changes um, when someone is negative or screaming yeah. abuse at an individual. So I'll do a technique where I'll, I'll get one of the coaches over and I'll tell a story, a bad story about the person, and I'll ask him or I'll shout maybe a bit of abuse at him. Just, just role-playing. I'll ask him and then he put his arm in there, his right arm in there, keep it up in there for me, and then what I'll do is I'll use my arm at his hand and I'll pull his hand all the way down his um, all the way down his side easily so without putting any pressure on then what I'll ask him to do again is put his arm back in there again and I change the story Chris I'll say to him in actual fact see you you're a great guy all these boys look up to you you gave up your time free on a Tuesday a Wednesday Thursday evening whatever it may be in the weekend for them and their personal development 
and I can literally hang right. off his arm after that. See, just understanding how physiology works. Um, and I used to, you, I mean, you see professional players screaming and shouting at each other um, and stuff, and that is not helping. Right. It doesn't help. You, you, I, I often say, you, you can take the guy off. If you're going to be mean to the guy and you're going to be screaming abu abuse at him, or shall we say emotionally right. bullying him, if I'm going that far, if I can go that far, then you're taking the power out of his body. And that's exactly what you've just described there when you're talking there about um, how guys will go insular. You know, that's exactly what you've just described uh, when that type of thing's going on for the stands at least and even other players. I think it? that's something that is... And that's a problem. It's, I think a lot is like the game's developed, that, that how to handle people, especially yeah. the younger generation, right? It's totally different from when I started... Like, I'm talking when yeah. I started it to what I'm doing. I'm a... I'm a dinosaur, right? Let's be honest, I'm 38, right? You're not I'm old. You don't look at it. You don't look at And I'm fortunate ah, okay. enough to still be involved in the game, and it's something... Do you know what age I am here? I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, mate. Keep going. Relative terms, but it's something that I've noticed. I've had to change in, yeah. in, my, in my side of my game. I, I, yeah. I've noticed that when I come back to Morton again, that I can't be... It, the, the old, not the, the old... The older guy I used to be was just have to be a bit more encouraging because it's a different group, it's a different mindset, different absolutely. group of players. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I totally, totally agree with you um, and what you're saying there. And you just touched, of course, on St Johnston and, and getting mm -hmm. taken up to uh, up to Persia. Mm -hmm. What was that? What was that like for you moving oh, on there? I was broke at a time. I left Morton. Uh, we went, played one season of champ. Went to. And I thought myself, right, my next development was my next stage, right? I've, I've came up to the championship. Yeah. I'm like, right, I want to go. I want to get back to the Premier League. I want to get back up there. And uh, Derek McInnes, mm -hmm. who was a modern player, my Aberdeen manager, it was him at the time. And yeah, I, yeah. I'd played against him. He was he'd come back to Perth, and he was playing at the time just before mm -hmm. he became manager. I played against yeah. him. He'd been training just before I was training modern actually. And I think I'd stuck out in his head with my fitness levels and stuff. And uh, yeah. as soon as yeah. he got a job, he came in for me. And, uh, I signed a pre-contract and then I went there in the summer and it was it was brilliant for me. We won a, we won the, the the championship in, my, in our first season. I played nearly every single game. Fantastic. Uh, and I was back to Premier League, so I was twenty five and fantastic. It, it took me a wee bit longer That's... to get back to, to that level than that what I thought it would. But in hindsight, I get the experience of playing like two hundred odd games before I got up there, so I, I was ready. Is there a big is there a big difference in levels? Would you say so? You know, they, I always hear this, you know, it's club football and then international football, but you're talking championship and then Premier League. Is there a massive difference? There's a difference. I, I won't lie, there is. There is consistency. Is Players make better yeah. decisions. You get, you get punished more for mistakes. Uh, mm. It's decision-making, honestly. It's, it's, is it? And as it's fine lines at times, don't get me wrong. Cup games, any any team can mm. beat any team. You know, when I was at Morton, we beat Kilmarnock yeah. in, in, the, in the Cup. Uh, it, was a, it was a big day for us and... But as it's just it's just it's just a wee hangs. Everybody's just a wee bit more switched on, a wee bit better. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's more consistency, I, I would say, more than anything mm -hmm. else. See with the see with the consistency side of mm -hmm. things then, Chris, just what you're touching on. I mean, is that coachable, would you think? Um, to, to keep people alert and, and on their game um, for let's say 90, 94 minutes of a game, to stay 
to stay alert throughout the game. You know, you get punished with one mistake, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Can you coach that into somebody or is it just an ability? No, I thing? think I definitely look if you're organised, like if you're well organised, well drilled, of course, of course, and that's yeah. where it's enjoyed. That's something that we would be brave ourselves for. We were hard to beat. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that's the thing, if you if you keep like you can work with somebody and work with somebody and work with somebody and work with somebody, but if the penny isn't dropping, then what's going to happen is you're going to beat the team. So yeah. it's it's you have to learn. You have to learn like, what your manager wants. What at this position the ball's here, where should you be? And and it's reading yeah. the game and, and I just think that's what the what the better players do. They, they, they make the they make the, the simple decisions look look which are difficult, some of the most difficult are doing it the easy things, but they do that like ninety nine percent of the time. Make the right yeah. rather yeah. when the right pass is on, the short pass is the right pass, or there's a harder pass. Yeah. They make the right pass, yeah. whether it be the, the, the short, simple one or the harder one. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear that for you. It really is. St Johnson then. Oh, the Premier League. Premier League. What yeah, was that like? It was amazing. Uh, and we, we we were great. Do you know what I mean? Like we when I was there, we were like a top six side all the time, and we got yeah. to. I think I played like six, seven semi-finals. Went and played in Europe four or five seasons in a row. Uh, won the Scottish Cup, which was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Stayed there for ten years, played over three hundred odd games, got a testimonial. Ten years, wow, outstanding. So it was, it yeah. was amazing. And one of the yeah. things I think was, was was proud for me was obviously going back to Celtic Park and playing against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've won games there, and I've won games at Ibrox, which was obviously obviously really good. And I, yeah. one of the biggest proudest things I'm, I, of my career is my longevity with in the game. And and mm-hmm. actually, every club I've went to, I've basically. I've only had three clubs, you know what I mean, in my whole career yeah. over yeah. a twenty-year period. So, whenever yeah. I was there, it was whether it be next manager or my current manager or next manager, they always wanted me there and I played games. So that must still, that makes, yeah, that must have made you feel so good, though. See the fact that someone wants you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, would you say that you put in even more effort then, or even you know you dug in that wee bit deeper, Look, trained that wee bit harder? Don't get me wrong, look, there's times when it's been tough, do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, like up to probably towards the end of my career, so Josh was probably the toughest toughest time. We should want to talk about like, how to deal with mindset and stuff. Like, yeah. I got transfer listed right in my last year. Like, I could I could, I could, could go right, they weren't forced me to do but look, if a club came in, you could go. And uh, mm. I, I, it was, I was, I could have crumbled up, but I, I turned up every day with a yeah. smile on my face and I used it in like, and Tommy Wright was a gaffer then, and Tommy yeah. been brilliant for my career like, I couldn't say nothing yeah. but my mindset is like, I can be a nippy sweetie right and he, he'll say that himself mm-hmm. but yeah. I was like I'm not, I'm going to show you I'm going to get back in your team right so I'm yeah. transfer listed and, and most people know that you're transfer you're not getting back in but within I think two months two and a half months mm-hmm. my first game was I hadn't, I'd been training all week really playing, training every week and there was injuries I played Ibrooks right yeah. Rangers at Ibrooks hadn't played. I was nearly, I was I'd nearly left. I was, I was going to go to Dunfermline, yeah. and uh, it was the Aberdeen game during the week, and we didn't win, and we played poorly. And I was in the stand, and he's like, "You're playing Saturday on a Friday." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, fine." Mm-hmm. And uh, I hadn't played a game, and I I'd probably one of the best games I've had at St Johnston in my whole career. We won three one. I ran the show. And, Superb. Uh, Superb. It was like, it was a justification for me, right? Yeah. A wee bit to say, look, see, I can still offer you something, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The way he saw it, he was wanting to transition the team because we'd been there mm-hmm. a long time. Like, I was 34 at the time. And mm-hmm. he's looked to bring younger players in, which I can totally understand now. 
mm-hmm. get back to what we were saying again, mm-hmm. you take it personally as a player, I can still do a job for you. He was probably right in the end up, right? Yeah. But at that point in my head, I didn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. But I used it in a way where I was like, I'm going to show you. And, yeah, you, and I did. And then yeah. he's like, after that game, I was back to the team. I was in and out, in and out, but mm-hmm. he's like, you're staying here at the end of the season. Superb so, stuff, superb. And it, and it just shows you as well, just what you're talking about in the mindset thing. I did a bit of talking about this as well, and I'm so passionate about it, that you're going to have things in your life of negative. Some things are going to happen that are only great, but it's about recycling that and seeing the better or seeing the positive version of what that particular situation is, rather than just being the doldrums and saying, oh, well, that's it then, isn't it? That's just the way Chris is going to be for now on. Um, I'll just be uh, in the stand, recycling a positive, and just make sure... I mean, you're saying you've gone and run the show, best game you had for St. Johnson was Ibrox in front of, what, 50,000 fans? Uh, How did that feel? Oh, no, don't get me wrong, it felt amazing, right? I was absolutely buzzing, and after it, I was speaking to press, and I was speaking to that, why you not been playing? Yeah. And I was like, look, I've, I've been fit, and I've been... Uh, I've been ready to play. It's just yeah. managers not been not not, not been picking me. So mm-hmm. like, he had to face that question. Do you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Like he, he says that. It's like, look, fair enough. But like, you proved me wrong. Like you, you're back. You're in my thoughts. Back my plan. Brilliant. That's all I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's all I wanted. Yeah. And but I saw it with other players where they took it the other way. Yeah. They spat a dummy and they're a bad influence. And, and right away, and that's one thing. I'm. Like, I'm not. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Because then the day it's a team game, and exactly. you want your teammates to do well. You want the club to do well. You've been there ten years. Mm-hmm. And it's been the best point in your career. Mm-hmm. So there was there was never any spit and dummy for me. But I used as I say, I used it in a, in a positive Absolutely. way to try and get best. So. Absolutely, and you know yourself as well, um, Chris. If if you do, or you probably have come across many people in your life so far with that negative attitude, or you know. It can it can also it can sorry spread like wildfire in a dressing room or ruin a business you know before you know other people have get the dummies spat out and you know it, mm-hmm. it's important to keep that discipline going and just and, and that's exactly what you're talking about this is how you've achieved so much in your career let's be honest about it it's down to it's down to you as a guy your mind what you've done is you put your mind to it <laughs> you went and achieved it what you believe you achieve definitely that's something that like take it back I remember my mum uh, she said she went to parents night and it was like look, I'd always said like, up for a young age wanting mm-hmm. a professional footballer right and uh, like one of the things like, one of the teachers was saying like you know obviously like kind of laughed at it and that and my mum my mum mm-hmm. took a bit of offence I think of that like, what, well why why can't you do that do you know what I mean mm-hmm. why why can't you but my mum's not that kind of yeah. woman either like, she's she's quite like, she'll take a back seat in that but as soon mm-hmm. as it comes to her kids like well what, yeah, exactly. what are you saying here you know what I mean and, and and after that, she's like, listen, if you want to do that, like, you put your mind to it, you work hard mm-hmm. as you can to achieve that set of goals. And, and that's the thing, yeah. what, hard, what hard work, it's no, nothing in life is given to you. Exactly, you've got to work for it, exactly. No matter what it is. Exactly, we've got something in common, of course, something very similar quickly happened to me when I was at school. Um, Chris, I, I'd say, I was asked the question, would you want to be leaving when you leave school? And I said, I might be a soldier. The whole class started laughing. <laughs> and I went and joined the army. <laughs> I went and joined the army and was down here in the military. But anyway, that's, that's, but it's true though. It's, it's what you believe you can achieve. It's a thought becomes a thing, you know. And if you if you put that, that good head of yours that you've got on your shoulders to good use, there's a good chance, not only what you're doing just now at Greenock, but my goodness, what can you do in the future? And you, you, you mentioned yourself earlier on in the podcast about managing people. And this is this is the qualities of this no, is the qualities of someone who can manage people. <laughs> and that, that's one of the mm. things this year that 
Oh, I'm still registered as a player at Morton and that, and, and I know I'm coming yeah. towards the end of my career, and I still get yeah. that passion to play. But the manager uh, says to me this year, like, I can I help out a wee bit with the coaching side of stuff now, like in the gym, yeah. take the warm ups before games, uh, help me with the warm ups before games, help the warm ups before, mm-hmm. before training, that and that. He's saying that, like, like me to become part mm-hmm. of the staff that way. So, you know, it's, you, you, you don't know what's ahead in, in football, that's the thing, you can, never, you can never know, but it's it's something that I think that uh, I enjoy that role. And, not being a pure, like, right now I'm making mm-hmm. out in between where like, I've got an ear with, with the manager and that and you ask your opinion but at the same time you're trying to be you know like mm-hmm. any advice for the boys like, and at the same time like, try to yeah. guide them and to make better decisions and how to get how to deal uh, with all and these it's a, that's a difficult transition I think see what you're talking about there I, I'm just talking from a business perspective of course but when you're in that position from you're in between the workforce and the management and you're, you're floating oh. in there somewhere Chris and and how do you still so stay part of the yeah. team, but you want to be seen? Oh, that's a difficult one. How are you dealing with that? It is. Well, it's it's actually, see, to be fair, the, the players, the boys yeah. are, are great, right? Because they still see me. I, I've still got a good enough relationship where I can still crack the jokes. I'll be one of the boys as well, but when I'm yeah. doing my stuff with them, and uh, we're taking them up, they listen. So they're, they're, they're absolutely different mm-hmm. class in terms of that way. So that makes it a lot yeah. easier for me. And there's always the jokes in that. It's like, watch what you're saying. There's Midge. Yeah. There's Midge in the dress. He's going to throw you under the bus. That's right, aye. Exactly. <laughs> and it actually thing you find difficult because sometimes the manager will ask you, ask you a few things and you're just like, right, well, I can't mm-hmm. really say anything here because you don't want... It's, it is, it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's fine aye. that balance. But I, I think, I, hopefully, I, I can tread it. I tread aye, it I'm, I'm sure. And do you know what? You'll, you'll make many mistakes. So you will, as we all do. And as you said earlier, you're learning mm-hmm. from them every time. You keep making the so, same uh, mistake, it becomes a choice, doesn't it? <laughs> so, aye, that's it. And, and that's it. I think uh, certainly from uh, anybody who's uh, dealt with management or managing people before, that's what it's all about. You know, you can't, there's, there's no there's no manual <laughs> how to become a manager. You see some of the uh, professional footballers that were absolutely world class in their day, and then they go in and they, they do management, and it doesn't quite work out for them. And then you see guys that haven't been in the world class bracket, and then they go into management and they're world class in management, you know? So it, it's a completely different skill set, I'd imagine, especially in football. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think it's like, how do you need people? Do you know what I mean? Like how you, you can't have one. It's not a case of one model fits every every player. Everybody's got their own personal mm. issues. They've got their own Aye. things that are dealing with their head. So you, you have to be able to be. I don't know. You have to be able to just judge people and be, be empathetic towards their, their own personal situation and and try and get the best out of each individual. And I think that's what it's absolutely. What it's it's all just about. understanding everybody's perspective is completely different. Just like your good self back. Back when you were at Celtic, you were talking about, you know, um, you, you've got a, you've got an totally. opinion yourself, but you know, the manager at that time had a different opinion, and now look what happened, and you know, it all comes round, and and now you feel really good about that situation because, it, I, I, you know, from these these things that are difficult and these difficult things that happen in our life um, and decisions that are made for us sometimes can sometimes be the best right. things for us, and it can make the man of you, it really can, definitely. Definitely. Look, down the line, at that point, it might feel like your whole Absolutely. world is falling apart. Like you're, yeah. you're at the end of your tether, and it's like, well, why not look at it as like, one door's maybe closing, but there's something else opening up in front of you, right? So yeah. take that step through it and, and make the best of it and work towards your, your next goal or your, yeah. whatever else you're going to take your, your life to rather than, rather 
rather than sitting stagnating on what, what happened before, it's it's behind you, it's gone. Don't don't wait. The world's not waiting. It's like, it's happening right in front of you. You've got to go and, and make your way in. It. Absolutely. No, I just want to take you back slightly because I'm taking you off in tangents. So I do apologise for that, Chris. But That's one right. of the things I wanted to ask was regarding the playing in front of sixty thousand people. Um, and what that felt like mm-hmm. uh, from a emotional, mental perspective for you, um, certainly when you're going up to the stadium or whatever, um, and then you're in the dressing room and you can hear, you must be able to hear, I'd imagine, for example, Celtic Park or Ibrox, um, I'd mm. imagine you can hear the crowd. It must be loud when you're in that dressing room. Oh, definitely. I think, as I said before, it's, it's something that I feel yeah. I relished. You know what I mean? The more people watching, the more, the, be- the bigger the game. The bigger the game, you seem to play. Better. Oh, you just sort of. Broke. Uh, sorry, I. I'm yeah. trying to call me. Sorry. You broke up there. Sorry about I, that. No, that's all right. Just... We're doing this, of course. Uh, we're doing this, of course, during this uh, uh, coronavirus <laughs> situation. So we're doing it. Over, we're doing it over the phone. Some, sometimes I might sound like a bit of a Dalek when I'm talking back to you. So apologies for that. But um, I so your say, dad then um, regarding my dad these. Say, yeah. The bigger the game, the, um, the better. And I just enjoyed, enjoyed playing in front of people. Like, mm, yeah. Couldn't wait. The big games are ones I didn't, I didn't, didn't feel. Like, I've always had a good self belief in my. Like, I always believed in myself, had a self confidence that yeah. that I would go and perform, and you know I think that's something that I relished. And obviously going to the games, it's like there's more press coverage. Let's say it's Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs, whatever. Yeah. It's always more yeah. press coverage. There's more build up towards the game. There's more fans. There's more mm-hmm. people you know that could be on the TV as well. So more people are getting to see. And yeah. I think I, I, I just always yeah. enjoyed that occasion and the build up to the dressing. I think yeah. in games like every game you get nerves. Every game you're 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 a bit, yeah. a wee bit, you're a wee bit anxious. Like, how am I going to perform? Am I going to dissect that? But it's like yeah. you just got to take it as every game it's same. And obviously, then as you walk out on mm-hmm. the pitch and you start to hear the noise and the music and blah blah blah. And, oh, mm-hmm. it's just it's brilliant. And but that's what you're that's what you're trained to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And these, um, when you were going on in the park, then TV cameras right up in your mug, you know, you're like, what? Um, did the, the feelings of anxiety leave you? Um, as soon as you cross that you line, line the pitch, and it, your goes, that's it. That's you. You're just you playing the game, the game then. The that's it. The noise is just background noise. It's the limit your odd time. Seriously? Background noise. That's, that's it's, nuts. I it's hard to. It's hard to. For me, as a normal guy who doesn't play professional football, you just think to yourself sometimes, my goodness, that's so loud. Can you hear other players in the park? At I would imagine can, not. Right? Or can you? you? At times you can. Right? So the big games, are the, sometimes they can flash uh-huh. by like that and before you know it, it's half-time or it's just you're caught up in it, you know? But uh, the actual yeah. noise of the crowd, you maybe hear a odd shout here and there, but it's just, it's just like I can, mm-hmm. it becomes part of the atmosphere, part of the... It becomes part of the game, that, yeah. but as it's background, it's not. It's like as it's a background noise. There's nothing. It's distinct, but you hear this like roar yeah. and oh, wow, whatever. Or a chance goes, you know. It's it's uh, yeah. it's brilliant. You know, it's it's, it's well, amazing, and that's yeah, yeah. I, I, we are we are absolutely totally agree with you, and and <clears throat> I'd imagine we without the fans there, something that you really. Uh, you really enjoyed was having uh, people screaming at you, <laughs> you, <miss it. laughs> you know, and they're not there now. So, yeah, you would do. And it's not the same. Ah, you would do. It's totally mm. the same. Uh, and it's something I agree. That I'd love to see them to get people back in. Obviously, 
safely as possible. But it's something that that you need to we need to get back in the game, yeah. especially for clubs' finances and whatever else as well. But one of the things that see some of course of it's so required uh, crowds and whatever else. But some of the times it's it's the smaller yeah. grounds with the lesser crowd. That's when you hear more of the personal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> I bet I bet you're like hold on the now the more me earplugs today <laughs> will you stop <laughs> shouting at me you over there <laughs> all that stuff going on now I want to touch um, before we wrap up for the day I know you've got uh, a busy schedule uh, and I uh, wanted to speak to you about mm. that Scottish Cup one um, because that is that's when you you reach a, a point in your life where you've achieved true greatness um, and that's something, of course, that not only you'll be proud of, but your family, your good lady, you know, your kids, your brothers, you know, that type of thing is something you must be so proud of. I mean, looking at that photograph I put on the, the Mindshift page of you and you've got your wee one with you and the, the Scottish Cup, my goodness, that must have been something you that's, about, surely. That's, it's a highlight of my career, do you know what I mean? I won't, I won't lie, and without a doubt. And, uh, without a doubt. It was like it was like it was it was a culmination for me as well. It's at that year at the yeah. Commonwealth Games. So Hamden was out. So it was at Celtic Park. So yeah, yeah, fifty thousand or something. Me going it? back to Celtic Park to win the Scottish Cup it was like kind of mm-hmm. coming full circle where I, somewhere I'd started. Do you know what I mean? So it was a real, it was a real point yeah. of that. Like kind of, oh, well, you've, you've you've done all right, Absolutely but the actual awesome. day and the game was brilliant. No. The build up, the build up, the build up as well. Ah, yeah, oh, my goodness! Took away the hotel for a couple of days with the, with the, with, the, with the team and, and, and Tommy and that, and and the Sunday night with yeah. a few beers. Well, it might sound crazy, but the Sunday we went away on the, the Sunday, mm-hmm. Monday, to home the Tuesday, and the Sunday night with yeah. a few beers. Just and it played it brilliant because it allowed the boys to relax right. and have a have a laugh. None too raucous or crazy, right? But yeah, and then the whole week. Yeah, got, got, got to, to your bed at three. I think it was half to half you. Half to half you. <laughs> uh, and we trained at uh, New Lennon, allowed us to train at uh, Town on the Thursday, Friday, in the build-up, stayed at the hotel. Yeah. And then obviously on the Saturday, you wake up, you're getting messages off through your phone, through all your family, friends, and it was really emotional. And that's yeah. one of the things that, I'm quite an emotional yeah, guy, yeah. right? And I was like crying in the morning, the, mm-hmm. just leaving texts coming from my family and that. And it was Steve McLean that, was like, to yeah. like, listen to me, man, keep it in check. Was like, don't peak too soon because you've got a big game. Mm-hmm. So he was really good for me. And, yeah. and I was experienced. Yeah. I was like 31, 32 at the time. But it was just. But then once we got Jay on the bus, we, we knew we were going to win it. We'd put Dundee United's number that whole week, whole year. Uh, and so it proved. And the whole mm-hmm. build up to getting there was fireworks, there was a big crowd. It, it's unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And, it's amazing. And then the final whiff. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, just how. No, you can yeah. Oh, sorry, you on you go. Sorry for interrupting. I said just, just, just when you're saying that, there, I shouldn't be having the hairs in my neck going up. <laughs> Do you know how you're explaining it? Uh, it's absolutely what, brilliant. I can't even remember what Tommy said right before the game. It was just like one of the uh-huh. moments that like it's. I can't remember, but it was like something like, mm. like we know we can do this because we've beat them before. Just go and do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to send. Yeah, everything had been said just go already. Get it done. And we walked yeah. to the tunnel. Fireworks go off and then there's a massive, this big firework man and big Brian Easton in front of me nearly jumps out of shots. And I can't remember that. And then, oh, St Johnston fans and to the right, it's the Dundee Knights fans, and it's just a sea of colour. It's like a proper brilliant. game, do you know what I mean? A real big game. And uh, mm. and, and we went on to win the game 2 nothing. 
uh, and it was final whistle yeah. goes, and it's just oh, some, some the best feelings I've ever had. Just bedlam, absolute bedlam. No, I. What we really want to know is where where was so the party <laughs> after it. <laughs>
Thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us today. It's been wonderful. I always finish off every Mindshift podcast um, with an old African proverb, Chris, and it is, if there's no enemy within, the enemy with can do you no harm. Chris Muller, it's been absolutely outstanding speaking to you today. I thank you so much you for your too, time. Folks.